Hello and welcome to the latest MTD podcast. My name is Joe Reynolds and I have over 25 years experience in the design, manufacture, sales and marketing of tooling and cutting tools within the UK manufacturing arena. Today I'm joined by Phil Crawley, General Manager of Hymie UK. Phil was the first employee of Hymie UK and has been instrumental in growing the business to where it is today. Previously, Phil had held a number of roles working for German brands in the UK over a 30-year period. Phil is also a time-serve engineer with GEC Marconi in Bournemouth. Wood. Phil, many thanks for joining us today, and I hope you're well. Thanks, Joe, and good afternoon, everybody. Yep, I'd just like to start. Many people know of Heimer, Phil, but it, probably the people that do probably don't know all of your products, and maybe for the people that don't know of Heimer, you can just quickly fill us in about your company, where you fit in the market, and maybe some of the products you offer. Okay, just a, a quick summary. Um, our company is based in, in Munich in Germany, close to Munich. Um, the company is 43 years old. It's it's a family-run concern. Uh, still, the uh, founders of the company are still very much alive and, and uh, active within the business. Um, our product range really started with, with tool holders and the, and the 3D sensor. And then as over time has gone with the shrink machines, the balancing machines, and more latterly, the cutting tool program and the tool presetters. Yeah, there's not many. If I go into a, a machine shop, there's a high percentage. If, it, if it's a, like a five-axis machine, there's a high percentage chance I'm going to see some high string fit in there. So, you know, you, you must have a, a relatively high market share here in the UK. I think we do with with, with as far as shrink fit is concerned, because uh, often access is is the issue with with five axis machining and you know when you consider that we have shrink chucks that go down to a wall thickness of 1.5 millimeters then we can really reduce the tool overhangs to the absolute minimum and you know with the simulation software that people have now anti-collision we can really choose the optimal geometry for the process Okay, well, we've, we've kind of inadvertently started the, 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 the products, which is great. But if we start on the tool holders then, there's, there's probably 100 manufacturers or brands of um, tool holders out there, all claim to be different, you know, different biases. Obviously, everyone would say they're the best or close to being the best. Yeah. In terms of Heimer, you know, what, what, what's your methodology? What, what do you think? I'm not saying you, you say you're the best. Maybe you do. I don't know. But it's what makes you different? Why should people look at Heimer Spindle Tooling against the other 100-odd manufacturers? I think you'll see, Joe, on all of our literature, um, the, the statement, quality wins. It's not a strap line. It's, it's actually a philosophy of the company. And when you look to the starting with the raw material, for instance, we have only two providers of the raw material for tool holders. Uh, each bar is checked at both ends and in the middle before we even start the production process. And the alloy steel is something that is unique to us that we use for our holders to provide us with a complete consistency and a longevity on the, on the life of the holder. So, you know, we can talk about infinite amounts of shrinks with our chucks because we know the quality of the base steel is very good. When we accompany that with our inspection process, so we have a double 100% inspection on on the product as a, as a finished item. We produce better than the DIN standard, um, so a higher accuracy than DIN actually requires. And, of course, our balancing quality is also second to none. 
Sure, it's fair to say you you um, it sounds obvious, but you grind the, the whole holder. There are certain manufacturers that, that don't feel the need to grind the uh, to grind it all over. Just for people who are unaware, what what why is it so important that you do grind it all over? Well, it, sometimes if you pick up a tool holder on the market, and you know there's there's price fighters, and they have certainly a place within the market. But if you pick up typically an HSK shank, you will see inside the hollow taper. Um, an area which is not machined after heat treatment. Now, when you bear in mind the pulling fingers for the HSK are pulling against one of those surfaces, it's not round, it's not flat. And we say all of these critical surfaces need to be recut after the heat treatment process. Um, it's important from from uh, the balancing quality as well that we achieve that. And when you see the cutaway models at um, exhibitions on the Heimer stand, these aren't specially prepared for exhibitions. This is what all of our holders look like. Yeah, well, it's yeah, we, we hear good things from Heimer, certainly on tool holders and many of your other products. So, what you're doing seems to be working. But and it, it feels right that we talk about balancing next. Will you're uh, you're one of the only manufacturers of tool holder balancing machines in the market? Yeah. Um, again. Not necessarily just about your machines, but why would somebody feel the need to pre-balance a, a tool holder where on the label it says balanced? Well, firstly, um, the balancing is absolutely critical as, as part of the process. And, and I think anyone that understands physics or understands engineering can say that this is not sales talk. This is absolute physics. So we feel the need to, to actually have the tool holder correct at the point of delivery. But once we put a cutting tool inside, we also influence as well the unbalance. If you consider a three-flute cutter with one tooth over center, this will create an unbalance. If you have a weld and flat or a whistle notch on the shank, this is an unbalance. So we need to correct it every time because now machine tools are running so much higher in terms of RPM than they ever did. And, of course, this centrifugal force is exaggerated the higher the speed. Yeah, exactly that. Um, so it, the higher that, so the, high, the faster you go, so if you're on a high-speed uh, BMC 5-axis, maybe doing some aluminium aerospace work, yeah. is, is it what you're saying is it's more important to be balanced? Would that be a fair comment? Yeah, I mean, if you... If you look at the the um, a, a customer running with four or 5,000 RPM, well, maybe the balance quality doesn't have so much influence. But if you talk about a 30,000 RPM process with an unbalanced chuck, I mean, firstly, you are sending many vibrations through the cutting edge, which is reducing the tool life. It's affecting the surface quality. And essentially, the most expensive part of that process as well is the potential damage to the machine spindle. Yeah. Uh, and when we look at tool holders, the, 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 it's fair to say there's probably a slight premium to pay for a Heimer product than maybe some of the competition. Um, if, if you if you were to buy those, if you were to buy them at the same time as a vertical machining centre or five axes, you know, what percentage of the cost you know of, of that purchase price would would be tool holders? Because I used to find it incredibly frustrating. Somebody would spend one hundred and fifty thousand on a on a on a machine, maybe more. And then they'll come around and say, I've got three grand for tool holders. And yeah. I, to me, that that just didn't ring true to me at the time. Um, and 10 years on from having a proper job, you know, I, I don't 
my, my thought hasn't changed really. It's if you're you're better off buying an you know decent machine and decent tool holders rather than the world class machine and cheap tool holders. Would, would you agree with that? Every time, I think you know it's difficult for us to. Oh, we have to convince a customer. I mean, that he should spend ten percent of his purchase price of the machine on tool holders because, you know, th- at this point we liken it to putting remold tires on a Ferrari. You know, you have a beautiful machine tool, great cutting tools, and the interface between the two also needs to be of the highest order. If it isn't, I'm afraid you will never utilize the machine tool or the cutting tool to the best of their ability. So, you know, it's a pretty low-cost item when you consider the longevity of a quality product over the over the lifetime because, you know, the, the tool holder is, is such a small percentage of the overall manufacturing cost. And if we really try and reduce our machining time, this is where we save money, not on the cost of tool holders or indeed end mills or drills or taps. Yeah, for sure. And obviously, you're, you sell your, you've got various um, balancing machines, ones from quite manual, I won't say basic, but entry level, right up to Industry 4.0 ready, fully automated systems. But one thing to mention, you don't even need to use your holders. I'm sure I'm sure you love balancing Hymer holders and a Hymer unit, but you do sell these units to people that don't use Hymer tool holders. Is that correct? Sure. I mean, we, you know, in the cutting tool business, some of our competitors have our balancing machines. Uh, we are recognised to be world market leader in that field. A very high accuracy, 0.5 gram millimetres we can achieve for not only tool holders, but also component balancing, Joe, if if needed. Uh, these machines can be adapted very easily to to uh, take small compressor wheels uh, from turbochargers, those sort of products. So it's quite versatile and um, and cost-effective from that point of view. Yeah, for sure. And, and if we talk about, if we move on to your, your shrink machines, it seems that the next, we're getting closer to the component, aren't we, Phil? But it's, uh, yeah. if, you, if you look at your, your shrink machines, again, there's a number of manufacturers. If, is, is there anything different on yours against maybe some of your competition in terms of the actual shrink fit machine? Yeah, I think the, um, the fundamental thing that we have is, is a very controlled process of the, of the heating and of the cooling. Now, the new generation coils from Hymer have, uh, in fact, two coils inside. So we inject the heat very quickly into the right areas. Um, and we don't go anywhere near the limit of the uh, the properties of the steel. So, for instance, if our material changes at 550 degrees, we heat to around 350. So we're well within the tolerance. Um, and also our cooling process is a very gradual process over typically 45 to 60 seconds using uh, 360 degree contact cooling with a, a cold water loop from a effectively a chiller unit so it's a very controlled process um, if you look at a Heimer holder shrunk on a Heimer machine you will see the straw to blue type color if you look on a tool holder that's completely black and, and sort of a little bit scaly then you can say for sure that tool holder has been overheated. The net result being the grip force is lost and some of the accuracy is almost certainly lost through that process. Yeah, so yeah, it is. It, it just essentially looks like you're just heating the tool up to to release the tool and put a new one in, but there's a lot more science behind it than that, Phil. So these people you see with Bosch 
heaters, you know, manual yeah. heaters. Just, you know, you, you think you're being clever saving a couple of pounds, but I guess you're damaging your tool holders beyond repair. But worst case, you, you may not even know you've damaged it, and you, you know you're you're not you, you know you, you're scrapping components and reduce surface finish and things like that. We we came across uh, on our demo van actually a, a customer in Ireland, and we we they bought the shrink chuck out. It wasn't ours. It was completely black on the end. Uh, with a cutting tool inside, and we we checked it um, on the presetter, and it had a run out of seventy microns. Wow! Now that's only caused by the heating process, and I would suggest that that's been done on a machine with a manual override, probably taken up to a cherry red type condition, um, and that's a, a two hundred pound tool holder is completely destroyed by the shrink machine by nothing else. Yeah, incredible, incredible. So it's almost uh, false economy, isn't it? False economy. If you're going to buy, yeah. if you're going to yeah. buy decent tool holders, whether that's Heim or somebody else's, you know, look yeah. after them and use uh, heat shrinks on on the correct settings, on the correct conditions. Yeah, well, we now have uh, a QR code uh, system as well running on some of our shrink machines, so that it selects the right parameter for you. Uh, even with the some of the machines with a driven coil as well, so that orientates to the correct um, aperture and then you just bring it down and push the go button and and that's pretty much it so we're trying to take the you know this this kind of skill level out of it that you know we can't overheat chucks um, uh, at all on our machines and we have no manual overrides it's impossible yeah so yeah, so rest assured, if you look after the tool holders, they'll look after you. But uh, a question we get asked a lot, Phil, is is how many times can can because obviously these this steel's been heated up and then uh, cooled down again, and yeah. not not quenched, but it's done under a controlled process. How, how many times can you uh, shrink and unshrink a tool before that tool becomes you know out of service, no good? Well, we we have made tests over the years, um, and I think they got to around 10,000 cycles without any issues at all. Grip force was still there. The accuracy was still there. But, of course, it's coming back to the earlier point, it depends on the on really the accuracy of the heating process and how controlled that is. And the, the cooling, I mean, we're not, we're not in any way quenching our tools. We're, we're bringing them down nice and slow through the process, and, um, uh, and we believe that this gives us uh, a real advantage. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree. I wouldn't disagree. So now, if we move one stage further through the process, we've got our tool. It's our, our, our tool's been put in one of your tool holders, shrunk in. Um, we, we now need to preset it, Phil, or, or do we? How about on machine setting against um, against what you offer? And you're not the only manufacturer of presetters. So you know what? Again, what makes Heimer different? Well, I mean it. The, the return on investment, which is really the kind of tool that we would use to justify the purchase of a presetter, is based around keeping the machine tool spindle running. If you set your tools in the machine, you have the most expensive presetter in the world. You know, the machine is there to design to, to cut metal. And if you can preset offline and bring those assembled tools to the machine, ready to go, transfer the data electronically or by RFID chip or, or whichever method the customer chooses, we minimize the downtime. You know, you also have zero-point fixtures and things like that, which also eliminate the need to set machines uh, too much and, and leave it idle. So 
all of the return on investment is based around that. And it's pretty easy to, to actually prove to a customer that the payback typically can be between three to six months typically on a presetter. Wow, as quick as that. Yeah. And when we look at presetting technology, there's um, there's some um, there's some entry level products. I don't like using that term, but some more cost effective products. Yeah. But then you can go to all sing and all dancing uh, presetters with. I think you've just mentioned it, but industry four point zero, you know, connectivity. So I guess you've got um, I, you've got something for everyone. You've got someone for a startup, an SME, right up to a a manufacturer of lots of different machines. And uh, what what type of what type of product would you typically sell to what type of client well i think the fact that we have so many different models and so many variants of those models means that we really try to do a proper engineering process and and create what's the right machine for the customer so if it's a typical shop with i don't know five six machines something like that maybe he doesn't need a, a full cnc tool presetter he can get a with with maybe a manual machine with autofocus spindle Perhaps he doesn't need a fully clamping spindle, just one with vacuum. So we try and fit the process to suit. Of course, there's always a budget that the customer has in mind. And, um, you know, we, we try and work and advise on the best way forward for that customer and um, and try and deliver the right product. Yeah. Yeah, is, is there such thing as a bad presetter, Phil? And that seems a, a, a daft question to ask, but, you, but there, was, there appears to be quite a difference in price. You're, you're, not, you're not the most expensive, but there does seem to be quite a difference in price against some quite basic ones to some, you know, what our class is, you know, quality premium equipment like, for, like, the, like the Hymer. Is there, any, is there any way you can get tripped up at all when presetting tools? I don't know. I mean, I would never say that there's any bad products on the market, Um you know, it's 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 a case of horses for courses, and if if the customer, for instance, has a lot of um, a lot of face mills, big face mills with multiple inserts on, it's only right and proper that he would be offered um, a machine with a driven C-axis, so that the autofocus is done automatically for him. And 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 you know, we have machines starting at the very basic, which would probably sit alongside a machine tool in a in a shop where he could just make quick checks or uh, set tools himself or up to the fully automatic machines. So a combination shrink machine and presetter, um, which would sit normally in a tool room, um, as we use in our production, of course, um, for, for heating and shrinking tools in one go. And you're, you're top of the range. It could communicate, like you've already said, communicate with the machine tool. You can get traceability maybe of tool life through chips and things like this. Yeah. It really does take a lot of the human error out of the process. Yeah, I mean, I think the RFID chip system is is probably the ultimate because it's the machines recognizing which tool it has in the spindle and and all the all the data that's associated with it. Now, we still hear from from customers who say, well, yeah, it's all very well, this measured data, but I've still got to get the tool in the right pocket. Well, yeah, we have. That's that's fundamentally the process that we need to get everything in the right place. Yeah, yeah. So just to go back to the tool holders, um, some, some people would say shrink-fit tooling is for, for deep pockets, five axes, difficult, you know, hard-to-reach areas. 
But you've also got some really, really good solutions for heavy roughing, you know, where typically people may in the past have used, you know, ER collets as crazy as it sounds, milling chucks. So so what, what what's the Heimer philosophy behind using shrink fit for milling? Well, it's a little bit of a misconception sometimes that the, you know, shrink fit is only for finishing operations for high accuracy. But we recognize that, you know, the less material you can leave on after the roughing process, then the better the finishing process is. So, you know, we have developed uh, heavy-duty shrink chucks with a system safe lock, um, which is an anti-pull-out system. Um, and we have many licensed partners of cutting tools for that product, as well as our own. So it's we call it the safety belt for cutting tools because fundamentally you wear a seatbelt in a car and 99.9% of the time you don't need it. But the one occasion you do, you're you're grateful you have it. And similarly with 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 milling tools, I mean, I'm not saying you'll get a pull out every single time, but if you look at the way the modern process is with trachoidal milling, um, then the pull out potential is much greater than it ever used to be. So it's interesting. I went to a, a seminar last year or the year before at Mazak actually, all about automation, and uh, it was really fascinating what can be done now with automation. But the one thing that struck me out of all of it, Joe, was that unless you have a process, automation is almost worthless. Otherwise, you could be making scrap. Yeah, and- that, that, that's, that's always my argument. If, if, you don't, if you don't have a reliable process, it hasn't got to be the quickest even. If, you, if, you, if it doesn't repeat, forget, yeah. about your, forget about your robot, forget about your bar feed, you know, because you can't, you're going to have a man stood there anyway. So we, yeah. we need... Number one point zero, if you like, is a safe, reliable process, and I, 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 yeah, I agree with everything you say. If you don't, if you don't know that the end mill is not going to stay in place, then you don't have a process. Um, you need a mechanical lock, and, and with our system, you have that. Um, you know, the end mill will not shift um, in the axial direction, so uh, you have some uh, reliability in that in, in that side. Let's say, yeah. And it's when you look at all the Heimer products, you know, there's no question in the quality of the products. Um, but there's, there's, there's a demonstration I saw at a German trade show, and it blew me away. We Everything we've talked about today, balancing, presetting, you know, we haven't talked about your cutting tools yet. You, you manufacture yourselves. But yeah. I at this trade show, and everything was automated. You had, a, from memory, it's a FANUC robot delivering everything. So essentially – some uh, some sort of code brings up this is a tool holder this is the end mill this is the drill whatever it may be and the next thing the robot delivers a fully balanced preset uh, uh cutting tool yeah i mean it's it's a it's um a system we call dac which is a really a control center if you like for all of the machines in the i4.0 process so um it's recognizing the vend um and then in this case, I know the demo that you're talking about, Joe, um, really took the the whole process of, of shrinking um, and balancing done automated by robot. I think, you know, for a lot of companies, it's, it's a step in the future. But I can see it coming more and more because this thing doesn't take breaks, you know. It just keeps working. And, um, you know, it's a very, very efficient system. And I think we will see it more in this country in, in, the, in the coming years. 
I agree. Wherever you can take a human being out, whether that's the actual machining process, the programming, the picking, the placing, the presetting of tools, anywhere you can reduce, um, you know, human beings being so heavily reliant, I do believe they'll be reduced uh, in a good way. I don't necessarily yeah. think like factories are no human beings, but you know, instead of presetting tools all day, maybe they're going to teach you how to program the machine tool and you know things like that. So I, I think it can only be seen as a positive. I, I agree, and um, it's it's the future. It's coming, and uh, we have to to embrace the technology. And, and Heimer are at the forefront of that. Is as you know, the four point zero machines are available to us now, and the connectivity of those uh, through the DAC software. Um, you know, there is a couple of UK customers, sizable ones, that are talking about this process already. So we're already ongoing with with inquiries. No, no, exciting. And, and just finally, we haven't got time to get for all your products because you, you do pretty much everything now at Heimer. But obviously, you've got your, your your tool room maintenance, which is a, what I would class, I don't know what you call it, but as a 5S product. You know, the amount of time it's lost trying to find cutting tools, spanners, yeah. whatever it may be. The amount, you know, £40 an hour is 66p a minute. And then they soon add up, don't they? They do. And, and you know, the we use the word tool management for this i think not to get lost in translation but it this is a more of a storage solution uh that we talk about here and you know where we have customers that use this is a very tidy neat system and you know all of us come from a shop floor background where we spend two hours looking for a torx key for a face mill or for a turning holder and it's always in the night shift guy's pocket <laughs> um when you eventually find it and it's like not really a measured loss in engineering but we know it's there and if you can kind of get rid of that process and store everything to the point even where we typically in this country you don't see so much now preset areas where one person is responsible for building tools and again there's huge saving potential in that and we have it in our, our business in in Heimer in Germany uh, that we have really two preset areas now uh, which are controlling around 150 machine tools. Wow. So you you can imagine it's a fair throughput and every single one is, you know, disassembled, cleaned, uh, shrink fit again, balance, preset and back out. So, you know, with an efficient process, it's done with one to two people in each one. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, very efficient. Yeah. So so for people listening to this podcast, I, I do encourage you to go to your website. I think it's Heimer, H-A-I-M-E-R dot biz, B-I-Z. Um, obviously, all the products and more, what we've discussed today, will be available on there. But things, you know, safe lock, geo lock, it's all balancing, things like that. You do need to, even if you don't end up buying something, do go and educate yourself. Do go and learn more about the Heimer products and as much about their products, how, how they think about the machining process. You will learn. You will learn a lot. I know I've done a lot of machining in my time, and I picked up a lot from Heimer, working with Heimer over the years. And it's uh, a lot of what they talk about makes a lot of sense when you actually read it. So I do encourage anyone listening to go to Heimer.biz. But Phil, just before we finish, um, Obviously, people can learn more going to the website, coming to MTD. But in terms of product promotions, stock deals, is, is, is there anything anything on the horizon as we speak? Yeah, we've got some, some promotion stuff running at the moment. So we have um, shrink machines, balancing machines, and presetters, um, some tool holders, and cutting tools within that if people want to get in touch. 
um, through the office, um, then we can discuss the pricing for those. You know, this it's a difficult time we're in right now. And, um, you know, I think customers are probably looking to optimize what they have. So we're actually seeing really an upturn in, in inquiries for presetters, for example, right now. So, uh, you know, if people are interested, then get in touch with us and we'll we'll do what we can to help. Yeah, brilliant. Well, appreciate your time. As I say, anybody listening to this podcast, please do take a look at Haimer, H-A-I-M-E-R dot biz dot B-I-Z. You, 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 will learn, you will learn. And we've done a number of videos over the years uh, with Haimer reviewing some of their products. So please go to mtdcnc.com and search for Haimer as well. But Phil, many thanks. Stay safe and, uh, and we'll catch up soon. Thank you very much, Joe. Good to talk. Yeah, likewise. And for everyone at home, thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to the MTD podcast. If you found value in this episode, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. Find more episodes on mtdcnc.com.